This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Today, we have a fabulous celebrity guest, Dr. Nita Landry, who has been educating and uplifting teams of women all over the world. And you probably know her from the Emmy Award-winning daily syndicated talk show that she co-hosts called The Doctors. And she now has a phenomenal book out too, and I'm going to show it to you. And this is a galley copy, but it looks kind of cool. Here it is. It's the author of Dr. Nita's Crash Course for Women, Better Sex, Better Health, Better You. And Dr. Nita Landry is a board-certified OBGYN, a sought-after speaker, and now the author of this fabulous book. And it is fabulous. I'm going to get right into it in a moment. But as just mentioned, Dr. Nita is also the co-host of the Emmy Award-winning daily syndicated talk show, The Doctors. She did that for six seasons, covering thousands of medical topics and really answering questions from viewers all across America and proving herself equally adept at interviewing newsmakers, celebrities, and those appearing on TV for the very first time. Her energetic, engaging, and clear communication has made her a go-to medical expert. And listen to the list of shows that she is a part of. Good Morning America, The Today Show, Dr. Phil, I never know how to say this lady's name, but Ayanla, <laughs> Fix My Life, CBS National News, and Black Entertainment Television. Dr. Nita has been featured in national media outlets like U.S. News and World Report, The Atlantic, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, Essence, Healthline, Health Digest, HuffPost, Shape, and Self Magazine. Dr. Nita is also a sought-after keynote speaker to organizations and associations all across North America. She's also a popular speaker at college campuses where she inspires and teaches students how to pursue their dream careers, so perfect for this show, while balancing their health and well-being. With the goal of inspiring future generations, Dr. Nita founded A Healthier, Happier Me, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing students with life-saving knowledge and awareness about their bodies and a clear understanding of the importance of physical and emotional well-being. She is board certified by the American Board of OBGYN. Dr. Nita currently practices medicine as locum tenens physician, which is a traveling doctor in Latin. And she has clinical experience ranging from rural Alaskan Indian reservations to the Mayo Clinic Health System. Her mission, ultimately, I believe, is to equip all women everywhere to be powerful partners in their healthcare decisions. How wonderful is that? Dr. Nita Landry, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that introduction. You're very welcome. I love that this has always been your dream since you were a little girl, and that you wanted to combine being a doctor with being on television and being in the media. And I think a lot of people thought, no, this isn't possible to merge those two things. Right. Can you tell us about your journey and how you ended up merging medicine and entertainment in really your dream career? Well, I was always interested in entertainment and medicine, much to the dismay of my sisters. I would like <laughs> follow them around the house and try to force them to participate in these media interviews. They were not willing participants, <laughs> but 
you know what? I would keep talking, you know, show's got to go on. So I would do that. And I also wanted to be a doctor. And like you said, I got a lot of side eyes. There was some doubt. There was some laughter when I told people about my aspirations. So I just kind of started keeping those aspirations to myself as far as the entertainment industry, because they were like, oh yeah, you could probably do the doctor thing, but I don't know about that entertainment stuff you're talking about, you know? So it was kind of like my secret dream. I went to undergrad and I majored in biology. Then I went to medical school and I did my residency, never talked about my entertainment aspirations. And so when it was time for people to start finding jobs, I wanted to make sure that I was creating a space where I would be able to venture into the entertainment industry. So I decided to become a traveling doctor. And so this meant that everybody else had regular jobs and they would be like, oh, well, you know, Dr. Landry, where are you going to work? I was like, I don't know. It's not like, so you don't, you don't have a job. Like, you know? I'm trying to do this thing in my mind that nobody knows about. So it doesn't make sense to them, but it makes sense to me. So this is what I do. I I sold my condo fully furnished and I packed everything that I could fit into my four door sedan, who I affectionately had named Bullet. And so I drive off into my future. And like the first place that I worked, it was a really, really small place in the Northeast Very nice people. But this place was so small, they asked me to live like at an animal shelter. Like it was a literal (laughs) animal foster home like situation. The refrigerator was painted like a cow. They were like, you can get your own eggs in the morning. I was like, you know what? This is great for some people. No, thank you. I'm going to find a hotel. But in any case, that just kind of gives you a view of some of the places I was working at and other places they were very busy. But Fast forward, I'm into this thing. We're some years into it and I'm in the Midwest. So just a little backstory. I'm from Louisiana and I sincerely believe my body is not built for cold. I'm convinced, but I'm in the Midwest. People are lovely, lovely people, but I'm watching the news one day and they say, you know, it's colder here than it is in the North Pole. (laughs) And they start saying all of this stuff. And I'm like, nope, nope, (laughs) this is not what I want for myself or my life. I put in my 30 day notice. I packed my stuff, moved to Los Angeles, take some classes. And I ended up getting to be on the doctor's TV show. And then one thing kind of led to another. And, you know, here we are. It's fabulous. Well, I love that story. I love how you were so cool. You decided to move to California. I love this story in the book and how you talk about you arrived. You had no connections, no agent, no manager, no TV experience, but you did a very smart thing. And I just love for people to hear this because part of finding your bliss, I think, is thinking outside the box, being creative and resourceful and whole, not just talented and brilliant, but to also think outside the box. And you did this really cool thing based on all of this. You created a highlight reel and to achieve Mm -hmm. But you signed up for a hosting workshop, acting lessons, and an improv class. And you went into the streets of Hollywood, and this is all in the book, guys, but it's so fascinating. Picked up a mic and started asking people some pretty hilarious and some pretty serious questions, which became your highlight reel. And you posted it on your website, you put it out there. And I don't think you expected anything to happen, but I have to also tell our viewers she's gorgeous, Dr. Nita Landry. So I'm sure that helped. But what happened was someone saw and you got hired as a guest expert on a segment of the Emmy award winning talk show, The Doctors. And I think you knew that you were at the right place at the right time. Can you tell us more about what happened about that first experience just as a guest expert? And then you become a co-host for six years. Like, wow. 
Well, it was it was amazing. And when I first went, like the first time on the show, they were so welcoming and inviting. Everybody was so nice. And you know how when you walk into a situation and everything is kind of working out and you're kind of like, but what's the catch? But what's the catch? Like, is, you know, like, is this really going to always be this way? And it was. I, I think a lot of times we watch these shows and we wonder if the people who are on camera are the same way behind the scenes. Well, everybody was equally, you know, they were as nice and gracious and inviting on camera uh, off camera, I should say, as they were on camera. So, you know, I just I felt like I was at home. It was a perfect mixture. I was practicing medicine because we were talking about the all of these medical topics. And I was able to merge that entertainment aspect with it. So, I mean, I was just in heaven. It was amazing. It was amazing. And your family must have been going, oh, my God, <laughs> Like, what happened? Who goes to California and all of a sudden is on this huge, huge nationally syndicated doctors, 2 p.m. all across everywhere. How does that happen? You know, it's interesting and it's refreshing because whenever you kind of talk about the things that you want to do with people who always knew you, like they just know me as Nita, like the random person running around the house trying to get out of washing dishes and like all of these (laughs) other things, you know? Um, And when somebody's not in the entertainment space, I don't know that they always get how long it usually takes to kind of reach a certain platform or what have you. So I don't think they really got it. They were just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Now, about these dishes. Like, when are we going to get to it? You know? So it, it's good, though. It's good. It was, it's, it's good. They're, so they're awesome. happy. So you were brave and you chose a career path that combined your passions and your bliss and your talent and your expertise. And you went for what advice would you have for women who would like to pursue a non-traditional career path like you did? Because most people are scared and they'll, they'll say, I'll just do medicine. Even though my real dream is to be on TV and to be in the, in the media and the entertainment world, what would you say to people out there at any age? Because I think that dreams mm-hmm. have no expiry date that want mm-hmm. to do this. If you have a dream, whether it's merging medicine and entertainment or something totally unrelated, my advice is to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you do it, I want you to expect some side eyes. I want you to expect some questions. I want you to expect some doubt. And in the midst of all of that, I want you to do it anyway. Now, when I say do it, a lot of people probably say, you know, that's easy for someone to say if they don't have a family or if they don't have this full-time job, if they don't have all of these other things going on. Well, start where you are with what you have and do what you can. I'm not saying pack all of your things, leave your family and move across the country, you know, for five months, but what can you do in the space you are in? Mm -hmm. Just do what you can where you are and believe in yourself and try not to share your dreams and aspirations with people who always doubt you and Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. speak negativity into your, your space. Absolutely. I so agree with that, you know, and never let anyone steal your happiness, right? Your happiness is your own. So I have to, first of all, I do a lot of research. So I know that we share a birthday. So happy birthday. Your birthday's March 9th. Is that correct? Yes. Is that your birthday? Yes. (laughs) So happy birthday. (laughs) Well, it's still birthday. Do you take the month? Like I take the month. Yeah, absolutely. I have another birthday dinner tonight. (laughs) I love that. I love love that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. I love that. Pisces sister. 
I want to get to this beautiful book because this book, everyone, is so amazing. Again, it's Dr. Nita's Crash Course for Women, Better Sex, Better Health, Better You. And it's just chock full of so much. And I kind of like my galley coffee here because I could write little notes in it. It's wonderful. Thank you. And I don't even know where to begin because there's so much, but let's talk about the misconceptions about sex. You had a very pivotal evening, as you described it in the book, at your friend Joan's home, an aspiring sexologist, which involved wine and cheese and some article reviews about pornography, followed by a viewing party. It sounds a little racy, but what happened Mm -hmm. for you that evening was not so racy, but it was life-changing. And it became very clear to you that as women, We believe in a lot of lies when it comes to sex. And one of them is that your partner isn't enjoying your body. And how many of us can relate to that? What did you learn about that misconception at this party? I learned that that misconception exists for people from all walks of life, you know, and even individuals who put on this very, oh, I have it all together kind of persona. It's, it was everybody. But what's interesting is we're all walking around and we have this misconception because it is a misconception that our partner isn't enjoying our body. But if you look at the research, the research begs to differ, especially for heterosexual women, right? Like 95% of heterosexual men orgasm almost always when they, they have sex and that means they're enjoying something. So while <laughs> right. you're thinking, they're enjoying something. So while you're, you know, thinking and worrying, and, yeah. and worrying, they're having a good time. So I want, I want you to have a good time too. <laughs> right, right, and don't be so hard on yourself. There, there yeah. were so many other things you learned that night because you, you all talked about things like faking it or feeling shame and guilt about respectable women enjoying anything like a stripper pole or even the thought of a stripper pole or anything else inappropriate by society standards. What did you learn about those misconceptions and what can you impart to us about how we got to be a little more easy on ourselves, right? Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Be easy on yourself. My whole takeaway is I want individuals to like what they like. As long as it's consensual and as long as you're not hurting anybody, like like what you like. Some people say, you know what? I enjoy showing up every Thursday night in my flannel pajamas (laughs) for 15 minutes of fun. And when my partner goes left, I beat him. I'm like, oh, I knew you were coming. (laughs) And they have a good time. That's what they like. That's okay. I'm not saying you have to like all of these things. I'm not trying to tell people what to like. I'm just saying, you know, I feel as though society has tried to make it seem as though respectable women like this. And if you like this, then, you know, no, you're not a respectable person. You know what? Like what you like. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter matter where that falls on the spectrum. There's so much information in the book about women's anatomy and really good stuff about women's anatomy. Like even some stuff I was like, really? I didn't actually know that that was that. And that was this. Like it's amazing because you really break it down in such a great way. The G-spot debate. What I really noticed in that chapter is how you say how important it is to take ownership of your own sexual pleasure. Can you say more about that? When I say take ownership of your own sexual pleasure, it goes back to, you know, liking what you like. First of all, I know a lot of times I see patients and they've never taken a mirror to look at their vulva. You know, I say, look at her, explore. You have to know what's normal for you. 
And if you're not willing to do that exploration, my question is why? Is it because of something you truly believe or is it because you are falling into what society tells you you should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to exploring female anatomy. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to taking ownership of your sexuality, I think a lot of times people think that someone who says that means that, oh, you have to like all of these other things. Like if when I say take ownership, that definitely means that you're doing X, Y, and Z. No, it doesn't. It means that you've explored your body enough to know what you like, what you enjoy, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. And you're going to use that information to communicate with your partner to have a satisfying sexual experience. Mm -hmm. That's what taking ownership means. Mm -hmm. I love this story, but there was someone in the book who was not satisfied, but kept thinking she couldn't say anything. That, That there was an anecdote about someone who was just going for it over and over again in the same way, not enjoying what she was. And she never really spoke up because she was too scared. So it almost like gives you the empowerment to be able to speak up and say what you need. And and I also love that you talk about redefining normal sex. You talk about two opposing ways to feel desire. I found this a fascinating distinction. One of them is spontaneous desire, which is what you have when you first meet, you know, your husband or your guy, you know, and you just are like, mm-hmm. wow. And it's like fireworks. And, you know, you're just, uh, oh my God, I've never felt this before. And you don't have to think about anything or do anything. It's just, it's all there for you. Right. And the other is many years can pass and that can change and it can become responsive desire. Can you explain the differentiation between those two? Absolutely. And may I put you on the spot for a second? Sure. Oh my God. Did you know about spontaneous versus responsive desire? never. And I get that (laughs) all the time. Like how interesting is it? I get that all the time. Okay. So when we talk about desire, there are two basic types of desire. You have responsive desire and you have spontaneous desire. Now, the issue is most people, they've only heard of spontaneous desire. In the book, I talk about how spontaneous desire is, you know, you walk into a grocery store and you say, you know, you know what would go good with my orange juice? Some sex. Like you just want (laughs) just because, you know, with responsive desire, it's not like that. You walk into a grocery store and you're like, you know, what would go good with my orange juice? Some donuts. Like that's not what's on your mind. With responsive desire, something has to happen. You, your partner comes in and they start to kiss you or they do something that you find appealing. And because of that, you experience desire. So just Mm -hmm. to summarize it, When we think of a sexual experience, we think of three things. We think of desire, we think of arousal, and we think of, you know, sexual satisfaction. Okay. Now with spontaneous desire, the order is going to be, I desire sex. So I'm going to do something to get aroused. And then I'm going to have my sexual satisfaction. With responsive desire, you say you you don't just desire sex first. You are aroused. So something happens to arouse you. And then that arousal rises and rises until you desire sex. And then you have your sexual satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Same Mm -hmm. three steps, different orders, equally great. Another fascinating distinction in the book was you talk about the difference between orgasm versus sexual pleasure, and that we have to stop setting ourselves up for perfection for this impossible that you have to have this unbelievable symphony every time. You didn't say symphony. I'm using that word, but what what, what do you, do you mean that it's okay if you don't have exactly what you think you're supposed to have every time? Part of it is just the process, not the end result. I love the word you use. You said what you're supposed to have. And when we say what you're supposed to have, it's that someone taught us that. 
right? Like who said that that was supposed to be the end goal all of the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you look at research and when you look at what's important to women in particular, a lot, I'm not saying that women are running from orgasm. I'm not saying that they're like, oh, get that thing away from me. But it's that it's more to it than, than just having an orgasm. A lot of women really enjoy the emotional connection that comes when they're intimate with their partner, but that has sure. been downplayed. So the way I put it is, when you're having sex, let's say we're in, it's a heterosexual situation and it's a man and woman, they're having sex, then in our view, the way society has taught us, if a person finishes and they don't have an orgasm or a woman finishes, she doesn't have an orgasm. It's like she's booing her partner. Mm -hmm. And if she does have an orgasm, it's like she's giving a standing ovation. So my thing is society has they told us what's supposed to happen. But what do we want to happen? Mm -hmm. Like they've taken that away from us. So instead of her partner saying, oh, well, you really enjoy that emotional connection. So let's focus on that. It's all about that orgasm that, you know, maybe their male partner wants them to have. I'm saying let's take everything into consideration and give the woman what she wants. If she wants yeah. some emotional connection. Give her that. <laughs> So what does that look like? Don't answer that just yet. We're going to go on a short commercial break and we'll find out all about how you can give your partner an emotional connection when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. So, Dr. Nita, you were just saying before the break that women may just be so happy about the cuddling and just the time together, the intimacy, and so many other things. You also include wonderful quizzes in your book, Nita, to determine if you're undergoing any kind of sexual dysfunction. What are some of the ways to combat dealing with mismatched libidos? So this person is really wanting sex all the time. This person is not wanting it. This person has a headache. This person never gets a headache. What, how, do you, how do you make that work? I love this person never gets a headache. This person always has a headache. Well, yeah, we talk about a lot of different things in the book. And we talk about, you know, how you can really open the lines of communication because it's important to communicate what you want. And like, for instance, you can sit down with your partner and you can say, OK, I, I'm going to write down what I want, essentially. And you write down what you want and like how many times you want to have sex and you switch you know, and you kind of see what the other person wants. Now, sometimes this can lead to a meaningful conversation, but honestly, 
communicating about sex can be really hard for a lot of people. Even couples who do an amazing job communicating about everything else can really struggle when it comes to sexual desires. And if that's the case, then sometimes you need to bring in somebody else, like bring in a therapist or a counselor to help you have those conversations that you're struggling with. Absolutely. I found it interesting when you talked about maintenance sex, because I sort of thought about dieting, you know, when you diet and you lose the amount that you want to lose and then you go on maintenance. So what is maintenance sex? So, you know, maintenance sex, when it comes to sex in long-term relationships, my thing is, and I'm not going to say my thing, when you talk to experienced sex therapists and you speak to experts, they're going to tell you that, you know, life gets busy. And you have to prioritize your sex life if it's something that's important to you. And I tell people, you put it on a calendar and you you show up, you know, just like you show up for work. You show up for that. I don't care what's on Netflix. I don't want you to be too sleepy. Like you show up and you put that, that time in with your partner because it's important to you. That's smart. It's like a dentist appointment. If it's scheduled in, you're going to do it. Not to compare it to the dentist, but it'd be terrible. But you know what I mean? It, it's yeah, something no, that no. you've scheduled as an important thing and yeah. you make time for it and you create a space around it. It's a very, very smart thing. You also do a wonderful breakdown of sexually transmitted diseases and how you can protect yourself during sex. What is the bottom line, just briefly, of what you should do if you contract a sexually transmitted infection or disease? And one, and if I may add one thing to the, the last question, and I want to be clear, we're not saying you're showing up and you don't want to be there. Like you right. might just be tired. Like you show up and it's consensual. Nobody's right. forcing right. you to be there. Right. You want to be there. It's just yes. that in, in that moment, you're like Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just yeah. to be clear, this, it's all consensual. But when it comes to sexually transmitted infections, if someone finds themselves with a sexually transmitted infection, first of all, I want them to remember that that infection does not define them mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of times people can, can start to feel a certain kind of way once they've been exposed. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself with an infection, the first thing you want to do is arm yourself with information. You want to know, can this be cured? If it can be cured, then of course you want to do that and you want to know how to prevent getting it again. If it cannot be cured, you want to know the best next steps when it comes to protecting your overall health. Mm -hmm. And you also need to be well informed about how to let your sexual partners know that you've been exposed to this particular infection or you've been diagnosed with this infection. Because even if you got it from this other person, they may not be aware that they have it. And if you, you know, potentially gave it to someone else, you need to tell that person for their health and also so they can protect the health of anyone else they may be having intercourse with. You go into great detail in the book about this, and I encourage you all to read this. It's really such great information throughout. An incredible part of the book is also when you talk about finding Dr. Wright. I love that. Dr. Wright. And I'm not talking about a husband here, Dr. Wright husband. I'm talking about it the might perfect... Be, though. Might be. <laughs> it could be that too. It could be both. It could be both. But I'm talking about the perfect doctor for you. And I loved your wonderfully evocative terms here for the doctors. And, and I want you all to think about who your doctor's like. So there's the explainer, there's the bonder who's bonding with you, the give it to him straight doctor, the holistic doctor, the cheerleader. Can you say more about the different types and how you decide which doctor personality you want for you? 
Absolutely. The explainer, for instance, this is someone who sits down and they go through everything with you. They're, you know, telling you about when the the disease was discovered and all of the treatments that have come after that and all of these things. You know, the bonder is someone who may sit down and they just want to know everything about you. If you, you know, have five dogs, they know all of their names. They just, they want that emotional connection. The cheerleader, you lose five pounds and they're about to lose their mind. The cheerleader, <laughs> just, I mean, they are on your team. They're rooting you. So you, you have the holistic doctor, like they believe in holistic health. They want you to care for your mind, your body, your, your soul, all of it. Yes. So you have these different types of doctors. And that's very important because just like for whatever reason, you ever meet somebody and you say, you know what? They seem like a nice person, but it just doesn't it doesn't click. You just you're not vibing with them for whatever reason. It doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't mean you just like them. It, they're just, just yeah. it just doesn't work. And the yeah. thing is, they have seven billion people on the planet. So, you know what? You just kind of find somebody else. Well, they have seven million doctors. But the point is, in some instances, you, you just may not vibe with the doctor for a particular mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. And it's important for you to identify what's important for you. For some people, they come in and they want to know everything about a disease process. For some people, they're like, you know what? I didn't go to medical school for a reason. Don't tell me all of that. Just, you know, tell me what (laughs) what you think I should do. Like, let's just get to it. And that matters. And you want to try to align yourself with a doctor that's going to explain things in a way that's appealing to you. And you also want to align yourself with a doctor who believes And what you believe in when it comes to your overall health, if you believe if you want to do yoga and you believe in the power of meditation and all of those things, honestly, not every doctor places as much emphasis on that. So you want to find a doctor who can give you the type of health care that you desire, because that's ultimately going to lead to a healthier, happier you. Yes. What type of doctor personality are you, Dr. Nita? I, you know, because I know that people like different personalities, I try to read the room sometimes. But overall, I'm an explainer. I like to talk about all of the things. And I'm really big on informed consent. I always tell my patients, it's not my job to make a decision for you. It's my job to make sure you're well informed so that you can take this information and make the best decision for yourself. Nice. So, yeah, I like the explain, but we can bond and yeah, we can bond. But I'm not a give it to them straight doctor, though. Now, that one, (laughs) that one, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, this is what you should do, because, Uh, yeah, I don't. Okay, so it must be something with our birthdays, because I don't like that kind of doctor either. I want a little explanation, a little bonding, a little gentleness. (laughs) I love your chapter on Let's Talk About Your Mood, Sis, PMS and PMDD. And essentially, what is PMS and when does it show up and when does it go away? PMS stands for premenstrual syndrome and PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And these are basically mood changes that can happen around the time of a woman's period due to hormonal fluctuations. And to be clear, it's not because there is a quote unquote imbalance of hormones or anything. Mm-hmm. It's we just know that some women are maybe a little more sensitive to the, those hormonal shifts and it can cause some mood changes. Sure. And 
the thing about PMS and PMDD is that people, they kind of tend to learn to deal with it and they just kind of start to live with it, but it's not ideal. And there are so many different things that you can do to improve your mood. And some of those things don't involve medicine. Some of them do involve medicine. So it's about finding that balance. And a lot of times PMS and PMDD symptoms can, you know, start around when a woman starts having her period or a female starts having her period, but they can really intensify around the menopause transition for some people. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed you said yes. Have you you noticed that? I I definitely, I can definitely, I I remember hot flashes happening and um, thank God they've kind of stopped. But I remember that happening and just going like, is this ever going to end? And, and feeling like, oh my God, this is, (laughs) this is going to be going on forever. And it doesn't, of course, but it It does does feel that way. And there's things that you learn how to do. And as you say, and it's all in this book, there's just some wonderful suggestions of what to do when you're feeling out of whack. And it's just absolutely great. You also, there's just so much in here. Menopause is a huge, I mean, I'm just going to go to menopause for a minute. When your hormones go off a cliff, menopause, what is the best treatment? If you just had to say briefly for things like hot flashes, vaginal dryness, other menopause symptoms, all the things, all the things that happen overall is there, I mean, it's all sort of covered in the book of what to do, but Mm -hmm. is there just sort of a general what to do when you're just going, oh my God, is this ever going to end? There is not necessarily a best thing because once again, it goes back to being well-informed. And what I did in every chapter is I was very intentional about starting with options that didn't involve medicine. I'm a big believer. And if you can use food or diet and exercise to cure whatever it is going on or to make you feel, make yourself feel better then by all means do that. And then I would transition into like, these are maybe some vitamins that you can take. And then I transition into these are some prescription medications that you can take. So it's really going to vary from person to person, but for vaginal dryness, for example, I'll tell you that I always like to start with something over the counter and I don't have any affiliation with this company, but there is product called Replens that tends to work really, really well. So what I tell people is use this vaginal moisturizer three to four times a week, even if you're not having sex. And then I tell them to use a particular type of lubricant when they are having sex. And that works really, really well for some people. Now, I'll just give you a tip. We talk about it in the book, but There are certain lubricants that you should kind of stay away from. And some of the really, really, really popular lubricants actually dry your vagina out, which is awful. I mean, I guess it's good for them from a marketing standpoint because you're going to need more of it. But you'd be surprised at how popular these lubricants are that are no, no good for your vagina. But if that doesn't work, then we say, okay, you know, vaginal estrogen is going to be the gold standard when it comes to vaginal dryness. So that's like vaginal dryness. And then when it comes to hot flashes, we can talk about everyday things that people can do. And then we kind of move into like a bee pollen that works really well for some people. And then you kind of go into hormonal things or also even a low dose antidepressant. There's a low dose antidepressant that has been FDA approved Mm -hmm. for individuals with hot flashes. And what I will say is, unfortunately, as OBGYNs, a lot of us don't get a lot of training when it comes to treating menopause symptoms, which sucks because if any woman lives long enough, she's going to reach that age, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're having a hard time, then you can do a little research. And we talk about some places you can go online to find healthcare clinicians who specialize in menopause stuff. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. these people are like 
die hard. Let me help you with your menopause. Yes. People. Yeah. The, and these are the positions you want to do. And you can do telehealth appointments if they're not local. And hopefully, of course, your insurance company will cover that. But that's a whole other topic. But you can do telehealth in some cases. Someone once told me for a moisturizer or whatever you want to call it, uh, to use Crisco oil. I don't know if that was the best suggestion. Um, Crisco oil. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> I, I don't know that. I, I'm not a big fan of Crisco, but like coconut oil, <laughs> coconut, coconut oil um, is usually okay. Some people will have irritation. Some people don't love it as much, but it is something that people will use like coconut oh, yes. oil. Yeah. On a more serious note, not that this isn't serious, but there are definitely funny elements to this conversation, but you have an excellent chapter on cancer prevention. You provide very thorough cancer screening guidelines. Like how often should you do a breast cancer screening? What about a cervical cancer screening? What about ovarian cancer screening? So let's say over 50, when should we be doing all these things? Is it once a year? It's going to vary depending upon what you're talking about. And the disclaimer I always give is, the guidelines continue to change. I tell people, you keep coming, we'll keep reading, and we'll do whatever it is that they say we should be doing based on current scientific literature. Mm -hmm. At this point, for example, when it comes to pap tests, before, remember, it was, oh, anytime you have sex, you should get a pap. And they're like, nope, we shouldn't do that. So now it's 21. Nobody before 21, unless it's a very, very, very specific situation. Mm -hmm. And then between 21 and 29, it's every three years. Once a person is 30, we do a pap test in addition to high-risk HPV screening. And if a person has normal pap tests in addition to negative high-risk HPV screening, then it's every five years for pap tests. Mm -hmm. When it comes to mammograms, reputable organizations vary as far as their recommendations. For instance, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists say when someone turns 40, if they have an average risk of breast cancer, you should have a conversation with them, asking them, like, you know, how do you feel about this? These are the risks and benefits of screening. And then from there, they may have screening annually. Until, well, annually. And then some organizations say, you know what, you can wait until 50. And some of them say every two years. And so I know what I'm saying is confusing, but that's to say different organizations have different recommendations. And even when it comes to stopping mammograms, for instance, some organizations say 75, some say when the life expectancy is 10 years mm-hmm. or, or less, you can stop. So it's all about informed consent. It's all about having a conversation with your doctor and making the best decision for yourself. And it's going to change if you have an abnormal test or if you have a strong family history. That changes things. Mm -hmm. You talk about even embarrassing things in the book, but you do it in a way that doesn't make the person feel embarrassed. One of them is your chapter called Pee and Stuff. And you say that urinary incontinence is very common. Just briefly, how common is it and what can you do about it? Oh, it's so common. Like how many times have you had a friend kind of say, oh, yeah, I just peed my pants or don't make me pee my pants. We hear it all the time. And as far as the exact statistic, it is going to vary from place to place, but it's very common. And we laugh and we joke and we do all of these things. But honestly, like it's nobody wants to walk around peeing on themselves and you don't have to like that's the thing. And one of the the big things in the book is just encouraging women to not normalize things that aren't normal. There is mm-hmm. a difference between being common and being normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Urinary incontinence is common, but it doesn't make it normal no matter how old you are. 
Oh boy. I actually feel that we could have you on again because there's so many things to talk about. And I want to just get to a couple of other final things because there's just so much. It's This could be a, a mini series. <laughs> it's so great. I have to say, my husband is a, a fertility doctor, very well-known fertility doctor in Canada, Dr. Clifford Liebrach. And there's something that you do in the book that's so brilliant. I'm actually going to share it with him. And it's that there's a superb part of the book where you, Dr. Nita, talk about these infertility bingo cards, where each clue is another insensitive comment about infertility and the unhelpful things that people say, even well-meaning people. And I love these little Dr. Nita notes at the end of each chapter. And this one was called, Don't Be That Person. Can you briefly elaborate on that? When someone is impacted by infertility, it's hard for a lot of them. And you don't know how many tears this person may be crying behind closed doors, no matter, you know, no matter how, quote unquote, okay they seem when you're talking to them. And I think a lot of times people are looking for the right words. They're not saying these things because they're trying to be mean or insensitive, but they just don't work. And the infertility community, they've spoken and they just don't want to hear these things. They don't want to hear you say, oh, well, you can have mine. Or, oh, if it's meant to be, it will be. Or you should just adopt. Adopt. Or or all of these things. Now, I love that there are many ways to become a mother. And all of those ways are beautiful. Adoption is beautiful. Surrogacy is beautiful. Egg donation is beautiful. All of those things are beautiful. But let's just be honest. You don't think that they know about adoption? Like, you absolutely, know, absolutely. They, they know about adoption. So just being mindful of the things that you say and knowing that even if you're saying something and you're coming from a place of love, it may not be interpreted in that way. Mm-hmm. So you, if you if you might be if you think, oh, I wonder if I'm one of those people, do a little research mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see if maybe you're saying some of the things that the infertility community just doesn't really appreciate as much as you yeah. think. Absolutely. You know, I loved also, Dr. Needed, that throughout the book, you changed the names of many of the people that you wrote about to protect their anonymity. But in your last chapter, it was on transgender health and becoming a respectful ally. And you guys are going to have to read this, but they didn't change their names. The the, the people that were interviewed for this section actually wanted their names as is. Mm -hmm. And I just loved how respectful you were and what a respectful ally you were in that whole section. So that's brilliant for anybody who knows anybody or is anybody who's transgender, who wants some answers to a lot of burning questions. There's so much in this book. It goes on and on. I love the section about when you're aware of the clock ticking at the end of your appointment, you're getting nervous that you haven't asked everything you wanted to. What are some questions you can ask if your doctor's appointment is coming to an end and you have no idea what's going on or what the next steps are? Because that's so common for a lot of women that, oh no, I ran out of time. What do I do? Yes. You can ask a few questions. You can say, what are the top three things that might be causing what's going on with me? Now, know that the list may be a lot longer than three and what it actually is may not be one of those top three things. But at least this gives you an idea of what your doctor doctor is thinking. You can also ask them have we ruled out anything today? Because that's equally important, right? You want to know what it might be, but it's also nice to know if they're pretty confident that it's not something else. And another question you can ask is if we're getting labs or imaging, what will that help show? Or what will that help to rule out? 
And just those basic questions can really give you some insight as to what's going on in your doctor's mind. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. What ultimately would you love people to take away as they read this wonderful book? And I want to show you all this again. It's Dr. Nita's Crash Course for Women, Better Sex, Better Health, Better You. If there was a golden nugget, and there's many, that's the thing, there's many, what ultimately would you love people to come away with? As women, a lot of us are tolerating things that we should not be tolerating, Mm -hmm. that we don't have to tolerate. Mm -hmm. And you should know that there are a lot of effective treatments that can drastically improve your quality of life. Mm -hmm. And I want you to have that. I want you to be the healthiest, happiest version of yourself. I love that. There's a question that we ask everyone at the end of the show. So of course, we're going to ask it to you. I, I think I might even have an idea of what it might be, but what is bliss for Dr. Nita Landry? What is bliss for Dr. Nita Landry? Bliss is health, happiness, and leaning into the person you truly want to be. Not who everybody else wants you to be. Not who everybody else thinks you should be, but who you want to be. Thank you, Dr. Landry, for that. Do you think that people underestimate the importance of pursuing a career or even a life for that matter that brings them joy and bliss? Absolutely. I think people sometimes try to compartmentalize emotional well-being and physical well-being. You can't do that. They are interconnected. And if you allow one area of your life to suffer, if you don't nurture one of those areas, then the other will undoubtedly be impacted in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Would you say you're a pretty blissful person? Because you read bliss to me. Like when I look at the cover of this book and I see you in the hot pink and the long orange skirt with the white doctor's coat, it's so gorgeous. Everyone get this book, Dr. Nita's Crash Course for Women, Better Sex, Better Health, Better You. It really is amazing. I'm not just saying this because you're on the air. I love it. I'm going to keep it on my bedside table and keep rereading it. Would you say that you're a pretty blissful person? I am. I am. I try to be. I always say, you know what? If something happens, I I try to put it into perspective, you know, like, could it be better? Maybe. But could it be worse? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Probably. Yeah, for absolutely. the things that I've, I've experienced. So I, I would say I'm a pretty blissful person. Nothing that a good glass of white wine and a great birthday dinner will cure in a second. Absolutely. <laughs> or, or a nap and some good pizza. Or a nap. <laughs> Or a good massage. There's a million things. There's a million blessings. (laughs) Reflexology. Oh my God. What is the best way for people to contact you, connect with you on social media, and most of all, to get a copy of your phenomenal book, Dr. Nita's Crash Course for Women, Better Sex, Better Health, Better You. To connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I'm Dr. Nita Landry, D-R-N-I-T-A-L-A-N, as in Nancy, D as in David, R-Y. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And to get a copy of the book, you can go to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's also sold at a lot of independent bookshops or bookstores, I should say. Uh, so yeah, it's it's out there. It's out it's there fantastic. and hopefully it'll be a great resource for you as you run into these, what I call repeat offenders, like things that keep popping up and you kind of flip through and say, okay, well, what are my options? What questions should I be asking? 
what can get me the answers I need and deserve. That's what it's intended to be. It's intended to be a resource guide that people keep going back to year after year for for things that may pop up. That's fantastic. Well, again, congratulations on the book and great to meet you. And I want to thank you so much, Dr. Nita Landry, for being on the show today. It's really been so delightful and informative and helpful and so much fun too. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That's great. Each week we spotlight a fabulous person like Dr. Nita Landry, who is living their bliss and doing great work and making the world a better place. So if you're that person, an author, artist, yoga, meditation, mindfulness expert, healthcare professional, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. We also love to feature singers and songwriters on this show. So if you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's program? Are there any guests or topics you would like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can always follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. We're going to go on a short commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Finding Your Bliss back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm so excited to tell you what's happening in Bliss News this week. In Bliss News, we are so excited to announce our phenomenal giveaway. Here's a hint. This dreamy boutique is one of the top luxury bedding stores in the country. And so, yes, our Finding Your Bliss Mother's Day giveaway is courtesy of the exclusive Oli Fine Linens. Oli Fine Linens offers 100% long staple cotton linens woven in Europe and custom sewn in Canada. As they say, we change the way you sleep. As well, Oli is the home to duvet covers, pillow shams, blankets, the most gorgeous bedtime and bath accessories, and more. With over 30 years of experience in the industry, Oli Fine Linens has established itself as a trusted brand with a wealth of knowledge in luxury bedding. As well, they have a gorgeous collection of bath, body, and candle accessories. One of their collections, one that I love, is pure linen scented bath products made exclusively for Oli in Haute-Provence, France. The gift sets include linen water, bar soap, liquid soap, and a diffuser. To enter this beautiful Mother's Day giveaway, all you have to do is visit us on Instagram at The Bliss Minute, like our giveaway post, tag two friends, and follow at O Lee Fine Linens. I'll spell that. That's A U L I T 
F-I-N-E-L-I-N-E-N-S, and also at The Bliss Minute on Instagram for a chance to win a $100 gift certificate to shop in their stunning boutique. The contest is live now and will close on Wednesday, May 17th at 6 p.m. Happy Mother's Day, everyone, and good luck to you all. I would like to thank our wonderful guest, Dr. Nita Landry, for being on the show today. And also thanks to Oli Linens for the Mother's Day giveaway collab. Also, thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Nayira Amani, associate producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanutsiello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. I'd love to close out the show today with a short meditation in the spirit of self-care and wellness on this Mother's Day weekend. You can choose to focus on your breath or on a mantra. And if you decide you'd like to use a mantra, choose a word or short phrase that doesn't have a specific meaning for you. So in other words, it doesn't bring up a lot of associations. It's just a neutral word. A great one to use is so hum. Sit comfortably on a meditation cushion, on a mat, or if you wish, you can lie back on your yoga mat or on a bed and just begin by gently closing your eyes. Breathe in naturally and try not to control your breath, but just to have almost a so what, who cares attitude, just very relaxed and at ease. And now I want you to pay attention to your breath, observing how when you breathe in the air, it's cool. And when you breathe out, the air is warmer. And if you want to work with a mantra, just allow it to enter your mind and say it quietly to yourself, repeating it gently without forcing it. So think of the word here, so hum, and let it go. Once more, breathing in, breathing out, so hum. And once again, deep breath in through the nose. Breathing out, letting it all go. So hum. And one more time, breathing in through the nose. Letting it out in a long, nice exhale. Thinking the words so hum and just think about elongating the vowels on the so and the hum one of the advantages of using the mantra which is often used in transcendental meditation is that the sounds and words and phrases which are repeated often silently during meditation will help keep your mind focused and it will also help you reach a higher state of consciousness It helps if the mantra is a sound with no meaning so that it will not distract you if your mind wanders. And if it does, so be it. Just gently bring your focus back to the breath or to your mantra. After a few moments, gently open your eyes, stretch and yawn, wiggle your fingers and toes, smile and come back to the room and wishing you all a wonderful rest of your day. For everyone here, I'm Judy Lee Brack, wishing you all a very happy Mother's Day and reminding you all to take one step closer 
to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.